Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. On this episode of the Away Gunners podcast, me, Bob and Arun get together to discuss the defeat to Aston Villa, three-goal defeat at Emirates Stadium. We talk in excruciating detail about the game, the strategy and the players. In the second half, we discuss about our front three, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Villian, and the possibility of integrating Pepe, Martinelli and Eddie into the squad. Do check out. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of the Avegunas podcast. We've got uh, Bob and Arun here with us. We, uh, Ellen is missing out uh, on this pod. We are here to discuss the three-goal defeat to Aston Villa. I mean, I don't know how to start this pod, uh, frankly speaking. This is kind of deflating, uh, very morale-boosting. Hi guys, uh, do you guys have a, any idea on how to start this pod? <laughs> we were looking at you for that Vijay <laughs> and sadly you are not able to put up a, a brave face uh, unfortunately none of us are able to even um, uh, barely put up a smile or you know talk about anything as to what happened during that Aston Villa game um, we were beaten fair and square uh, if I were to you know give a one line answer to how the game went um there was no creativity there was there was no inspiration from the bench not the ones who were actually in the starting 11 you could argue that it's almost the same starting 11 which played against united but yet you could see the difference there's absolutely there's there's not even a single point that i could take it as a positive from the game um perhaps the only positive that i could think of is we didn't have to bear with another such performance for the next week and a half or so until the international break gets over so you could get your take your mind off arsenal and then probably think about something else um <laughs> well that's not a choice for arsenal fans uh eight games we have played eight games and we have lost four of them arun um <laughs> uh, Honestly, I, I think I differ um, when it comes to this loss, my perspective of this loss. Yes, we were flat. Yes, it was, uh, you know, like coming back after that a very impressive win against United away. Uh, this, this like all of us were <laughs> flying high in the clouds, but I think this brought us back to the ground and put us there firmly, showing us like where we are. Uh, but but uh, like I said earlier, I have a very different perspective about this because uh, the fact that we do not have a creative player was very obvious right at the beginning of the season. And uh, these sort of blips are to be expected in a manager's first full season with the club. You know, um, Whether they happen early or whether they happen late, it doesn't matter. Uh, for me, I feel that it's always better if it happens earlier in the season than later in the season, like what happened with like you know Emery. Uh, where you're really like you're 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 this close, you you almost have your hands on that coveted fourth spot, and then you you completely collapse at the end. So I would rather prefer something like this right at the beginning, where we know why we are losing, where we are losing, which would help us. Like you know, like you said, it's only eight games, and we've already won four. Uh, and, and the the best thing about this season is that everybody is performing badly. You know, like it's not like. Uh, one club has is 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 the clear and runaway winner right now. I believe Tottenham are at the top of the table, and I think Southampton are, are number second. So, if we were to be even going by the table or the points tally, uh, we are still above United, though that's not a huge consolation. But it also shows us that like you know everybody around us is not performing at the same level that you would have ideally expected them to. So this kind of gives us that extra freedom for us to like you know make these mistakes right at the beginning. Uh, and take the lessons from it and probably improve. Now, what would disappoint me now if if for the next game that we're going to be playing, if we play the same way, the same format, 
that would disappoint me not like uh, no I, i i am deflated with the loss not deflated uh, i'm disappointed with the loss but like i said in the larger picture this was something that i was always expecting i wasn't expecting us to win like 30 games in a season we're not there yet um in this process so i i think i'm i'm going to get a lot of flack for using the word process here but it is what it is right so um you you're like kind of weeding away so many years of rot and you're expecting everything to change in in, in one season that's not going to happen uh, everybody is talking about the liverpool model but you have to also remember that they had this one guy who they were able to get 140 million for and that pretty much set up their team and their title winning squads you know so we 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 have to follow a certain approach which we are trying to follow but then when it comes to this creativity which has been the problem that's where we're lacking so um i believe that atada would definitely make changes uh, address this in one way or the other either playing a back four or something but honestly it is a blip that um, i feel is better uh, at this point in time than later in the season that's a that's a uh, more I, positive I, I, yeah go ahead go ahead no sorry uh, i i was going to mention that i wish i could take a ounce of positivity from arun um, from here no i uh, i got my expectations set already so this is the first season you you should know what to expect you should know what to expect from this team like when we when we do not have someone who can ping balls up front then you should know like you know it, it, this is where the team is right now um it uh, we i feel again we are we are constantly been playing this game of you know punching above our weight for the last few seasons and i think this is uh, the closest that we've ever been to being a good team you know like we've always been okay arsenal can do this arsenal can do this but this with the people that we have with the manager that we have the system that we play i believe this is the closest that we've gotten to like you know being a, a good team that can actually compete and not just like you know um like fall off the races at some point in the season yet we are so far away um arun um, everyone so is everyone I, is I, no no see i absolutely agree with your point that this finally we've got the man who's thinking the right way and who's doing the right things for the club in taking us forward but unfortunately i would have expected something at least a bit of a reaction to be honest um on a, on a hindsight if i think about all the things which has happened you know before the game the united win still uh, it feels like you know it's it's papering over the cracks we've got a we've got a deep score um in not having any creativity in the midfield or in the final third and it's just somehow you know we were able to pull off a win there i'll be through a penalty but but in the end you know it, it felt like we were a team who was who was actually rejuvenated and then we we've been raising up from the fire and all those sort of things only for us to fall back again i mean i'm pretty sure until the time when we sign a very proper a creative midfielder we're going to be keeping on suffering and we're just hoping that you know some of these moments go away and then you know it turns us towards the end um in, in the results come in our favor but genuinely i don't think we've been ready at the start of the season and we won't be ready until for the next two months or three months unless we get someone really in the creative side you know a midfielder or a enforcer who could who could try and you know break up play and then you know you could create those chances because ultimately it's all been dried up at the top i i completely i'm completely in awe of how compact they set up but that also came crumbling down and you know, maybe that's just a game or something you know that we could we could just choose to ignore it at the back but um, there is absolutely nothing at the front you know which makes me believe in what way we are going um the manager is obviously not to be blamed you know he's just playing up with, with the players that he is having at his peril but but at the end of the day it's the results that matter and we're not able to produce any results and that's that's what i'm um, that, that is what i was thinking too the problem is uh, it's not the way of the loss it's not the it's not just the loss that that is concerning me it's that the players are deflated you can see in the game that we gave up way so way too soon we were not playing like we were fighting for it we were playing in the other games where we were fighting for the game but this is a game where we lost from the get go from the get go like if you guys remember there was a disallowed goal in the first first few minutes we villa scored it was a fair and square goal 
uh, we were lucky not to concede there. Uh, for some reason, the referee thought that a uh, player was interfering. Uh, I think Barkley was in, interfering and he, ga- he gave us the benefit of doubt. And that from that moment, our players were switched off. Our players were not moving. This reminded me of the time when Shaka was shouting at players saying, we are scared, we are scared. Why is our players scared of an Aston Villa team that we routinely dispatch five zeros, three zeros? We always do a three zero, five zero to Aston Villa. There, there is actually a difference, Vijay. Aston Villa from the years is not the same as the Aston Villa that we are seeing this season. Yeah, Aston please. Villa beat Liverpool by they scored seven. Yeah. Past so not not just for the Liverpool game, you know. So if you look at their players and the ones that they have got in recently, with Barkley being one. They all those are players who have been rejected at bigger clubs, and what they want to do is just prove them back that you know they they have been good enough, just that they have not been picked up for for their size in the squad. So no, that's I, what has happened to Barkley. I mean, uh, um, I, I, Barkley. I, I get that yeah. Aston Villa is a better team, but the problem is for me Arsenal being Arsenal players being scared of Aston Villa. That's, yeah, that's, the that's, that's, that's the concern. That's the concern. I'm I, not worried I, I, about. I don't, I don't know if I would go as far ahead and call it being scared. It was just for me, like they were switched off, like you said, you know, like there were chances that were not converted. There were passes that were like, you know, not reaching players and the entire team looked very slow and sluggish. I don't know if that is fear. I'm hoping that is not fear because Aston Villa is not a team that we should be fearing. But uh, yeah, from from what I saw, it was just like a, a case of players being switched off. It was a, It was a game where we were definitely not even at our 50%, you know. So that that's that's what resulted in the loss for me more than like, I don't know if players were really scared. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping they were not scared, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why they should be scared. It's not like we were playing Liverpool or City. Uh, Liverpool or City, it makes sense because if one mistake you make, they're going to punish you. Aston Villa, for all, all, all that they did, they were actually not really like, you know, they were just... Um, they were pretty much doing to us what we did to United away at Woody. You know, like that's exactly was what was going on. Um, but it was, it was, it was not like yeah. They, I don't think the players were scared. No, I, I don't. I, I, I would tend to disagree with that. Okay, I hope uh, what you say is true because for me, when I looked at the game, it was like whenever they pressed, our players were scared to hold the ball. We, we tried to pass around, pass it around. We tried to move the ball, but we are. When because they came in with a plan, they came in with a plan to press us everywhere. So let's get back to the starting of the game. Uh, when when the starting lineup was released, it was the exact same starting lineup of United game. Is that a bit predictable? Like the if Aston Villa were looking at us for the whole week, they would have been like, yeah, this is what they are going to put up, and we put up exactly that. Even after Pepe performing so good at Molde. Both the Europa League games during the weekend, week weekdays, and uh, Willock playing so good, he was not even on the bench. And uh, having hope, I hope that David Luiz was back from the injury, but he was not there. So, Arun, what was your thoughts on the uh, starting lineup? Were you questioning those, or were you satisfied with whatever Arteta put? No, up? I don't. I I wasn't. The only change probably that I was expecting was Pepe coming instead of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, me being me, and you guys knowing me, that's probably the only thing that I was like looking for. Apart from that, I think um, um, based on how people performed against United, is how they were selected. So uh, that that's why I say like I'm I'm very surprised that William actually played because of uh, how he was against United. So apart from that, maybe Pepe coming in, I, I wasn't really surprised with how uh, we set up or we lined up. You know, like the eleven that were playing were probably uh, the ones that had the highest. I wouldn't say confidence, but like had the, were on the high of actually having beaten United the previous week. So ideally, you would have expected this team to be very confident. Uh, and you know, like um, start playing off the blocks right away, but that that never seemed to happen throughout the game. So yeah, that was surprising for me, but not the starting lineup. I was uh, a bit disappointed, uh, you know, like to not see Willock even on the bench, um, because of primarily due to the lack of like you know this thing that we've been crying out for all season, the creative factor. And um, now that we do not have Ozil, and and then you know, like we do not have an actual creator or something. 
Willock is probably like the closest that we have to a, a proper center midfield creator, you know, uh, right now. I do not see anyone else being able to perform that role. Saka has been good, but uh, not. I don't. I don't think he would be able to like thrive as a number eight or a number ten. So that's where I feel like Willock could come good. Uh, but yeah, that was that was like you know a, a bit surprising not to see him in there. Mm-hmm. Well, the rest of the team, I think, pretty much selected themselves based on their performance from the, week, the previous weekend. I mean, after that performance uh, that Elneny put up that 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 game. it was going to be very difficult to drop him you know no matter what for the next game uh, and in the next game he actually showed us who really who he really was you know like showing us that the united game was just a blip so uh, yeah so this was not something that rattered him at all expected so uh, yeah that that's that's See, how it one one thing that i've uh, that i've been seeing in arteta so far um be um you know at the start of the season um one of the things that i'm noticing is going more for the experience rather than um you know trying out with youth as such that's the reason as to why you could see villain getting more chances than pepe if you look at in the right side of the pitch you know is looking at players who've got better experience david luiz is getting a lot of chances i would have thought you know maybe you would have been bold and creative and you probably would have tried with saliba at least you know in a few europa league games but even in that he is going for more safer options and more established players than than trying to you know go to a things just um having said that you know so i feel you know this is this is some sort of a thing that i'm seeing amongst um how we play you know if you look compare all the games um we're just creating one or two chances in the game and if we go on to miss that is absolutely we we get struck with those chances that we are not even able to think further to that it's just like we are going with one plan plan a just to create one or two chance and we are just hoping to see like as that or someone at the top is you know convert those chance and if for some reasons if that doesn't happen we don't seem to have any plan b or we don't seem to have you know we don't seem to recover from those situations which is costing us very dearly um, i think the like i, I think, said means yeah go ahead go ahead chance, mm-hmm. but no sorry i was just going to say that you know, like i said had a very good chance which he missed obviously but then nothing came along after that you, if you look at the whole game after that there was not even one clear cut opportunity which we had after that chance what does it show to us you know shows we are not even prepared to go for a three pointer it shows like we are trying to take one chance and then if we don't get it then just our fall back option would be to settle for a draw now to be honest like what it shows me is that we are setting up not to lose more than to win that's that's what yeah exactly there is there is a lot of handbrake you know so in in what we do our actions reflect that um, i i criticized the team during the city loss that there was not in, enough intent to win and you could see that uh, that's been the case even the games that we are losing so setting up to not lose that's that's okay but this is a game where we we conceded during the first few minutes and then i was hoping that this would be a game where we would not be setting up to score just one goal because we we have conceded we have conceded and the only way for us to win and not lose is scoring more than more than one goal which we have not done a lot in the recent years but this is a game where that never seemed to happen we never looked like we were going to score more than one goal because everyone keeps talking about that lack as a uh, chance that he missed but that is the only chance we had is that is that like we a did, cons- we, did, we did have another one the 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 pass that gabriel sent to holding which was sent out wide it was not on target but it was still a chance to say uh well and holding was in the box you don't count half chances isn't it <laughs> yeah i mean like as it well if if you think about it considering like as it size in his head that was still half a chance to his header so it shouldn't be that's the whole concern it shouldn't be considered half a chance he's an elite striker he's the striker for arsenal football club 
yeah at, at least at least we keep calling him each striker yeah <laughs> i just right. just kidding you know i i do like this guy yeah um we got to work with what's in front of us if if arteta had so much issues about the squad that he was inheriting um of course i'm guessing that you voiced out these opinions to edu and to the higher hierarchy but there should have been at least some movements in the transfer market you know um, in trying to get players this is like we didn't really plan for what was coming and then we we seem like we are stuck now with so much games to go between now and december and there is just one person hope that we will get someone of the quality that we want in january i i don't even know how are we going to even go past some of these games where how does arteta it would be interesting to see where does arteta get the inspiration from to try and change this team to to you know make them believe that they can still go on to you know do some things on the pitch so is, is, is it there is, is it no just intent. the belief is is it just the belief because for me if you look at like a player like saka who is really really good whom we are hoping that he would be world class when he when he when he fills up in a couple of years we can see that every every time he plays a comp- like continuous stretch of games he's very very tired he's very leggy this game showed that he was very leggy he was very knackered he was not his himself the same for obamyang he doesn't look like himself is it just the belief or is it is there something else is there like we are training them so hard because this is this is not the first time a player comes into a game and gets injured under arteta this has been happening so much luis gets injured holding gets injured anyone like this game parte got injured this is it mm. is it is it something that to, that got to do with the training that it's so hard that the players are so tired and get are prone to injury during during the game week what what is wrong here to 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 answer if i may take this one uh to to answer you it's uh, saka your point about saka so what happens usually with young players is that they have a breakout season and the second season is always like a, a non consistent season because the first season is when the manager gives you all the freedom go and do whatever you want on the pitch second season he wants you to play more according to his instructions while keeping your like you know instincts intact um young players who are developing always have this problem when they see a blip in the second season especially someone like saka who apparently has become sort of a savior for us now like you know the way we completely dependent on like an 18 year old for like our chances goal creations and everything um when there's so much of pressure on him and we like you said he's playing like we can week out there is only so much that his body and his physical constitution can take the guy is not someone who is like huge he is not even as bulky or if i may use the word thick as raheem sterling you know so the guy still has a ways to go uh, so given this situation it is quite normal that you know you see him being off color sometimes because of the amount of workload that his body takes not through training but just through playing you know this is a very intense season that we have now all the big teams playing across competitions are pretty much playing a game every 3 or 4 days so in terms of um the tiredness in terms of fatigue setting in this could be a reason more than the training i feel the same thing with like you spoke about guys like luis and holding i'm not very aware of luis's uh, injury history but we all know how uh, holding is sort of like you know he gets injured quite often uh and, and even in that one season i think it was a couple of seasons ago uh with emery's first season where he was playing beautifully and then he he got injured in that game against united that put him out of the season you know so it's not like uh holding is someone who's never gotten injured before he's not a jaka jaka is someone you can trust like you know the guy is not going to get injured because he plays that way uh sometimes like he plays in a way that he doesn't even get into in, in the line of tackle so he keeps himself safe but uh, you know like holding is not that kind of a guy so uh, it's it's quite normal uh, that that these injuries happen because of the number of games that we're playing more than anything um and and uh, what were we talking about again <laughs> <laughs> just that saka injury and uh, yeah 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 like i said and that's to you arun yes being an arsenal fan is not very easy yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean like in terms of the injury more than the training i believe it's like you know the number of games that you're playing and it's 
party injury was I, I i believe it was more of a precaution it also like put him out of contention for the international game so that could have also been like a cheeky thing that the club did taking him off at half time and uh, you know like ensuring that he doesn't go on an international break um so i i, I wouldn't be like, too worried about injuries just yet you know like we seem to be rotating players quite nicely it's not the same frontly that's playing all the time though i would like to see pepe play more and i think that would make a huge difference but i'm, I'm not just concerned about injuries yet we will definitely face this problem at some point in time the season is extremely congested you know like i said we're playing three or four a game every three or four days and that's it's 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 being seen across the league van dijk is out gomez is getting injured for liverpool you know like city have a bunch of players injured so it's happening across the league it's not like we were the only people uh, it's, i think it's ultimately down to the number of games that we play so talking about the players i have a player in mind whom we have to talk about uh, lacazette our striker come number 10 come uh, defender come uh, whatever he is i don't even know what kind of a role he plays he's deeper than most of our uh, forward line the did you know that in that game our most forward player was willian and not lacazette lacazette played deeper than um, than our midfielders most of the game what is his role and what is he That's trying right. to do yeah um i guys i'm just giving a heads up that i'm a big 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 fan of i know i know big, big, big. and that like is why said, i'm going that is why uh, i'm going to ask this question to you <laughs> like what is lacazette's role and what are we trying to do here if you if you look at the way uh, i think we've spoken about this in the pod before lacazette is not someone i mean lacazette can actually score a lot of goals um, in a team like leon where he been he's, he's got a very thriving role there their system is set up around him so there's all the passes actually lead up to him for him to try and score and and the french league with all due respect is in a much um, lower you know if you compare to the rate at which the premier league plays it's not it's not really comparable to liga um because the standards are much higher in premier league there's not much chances that you would get in the league and you you are expected to convert most of them that's how aguero and all the top scorers in the league here have been thriving and if you put like i said in the same bucket he wouldn't really stand much chance he can what he actually brings into a team is he is is someone who can actually score goals goals yes but he also thrives on confidence if you look at if you look at what happened a couple of seasons back when he was actually facing a similar slump uh, last season it was oba who actually gave him one of the penalty chances and that actually kick started the whole like i said a goal scoring thing for the for the for the season and did it really did, did it really because i if if i remember back like as it has had a very good first season but apart from that he never had a really good season with arsenal that's that's also not not completely down to the player you need to have some creativity around him you know if i if you say a player in an attacking role he is creating a lot of passes someone like de bruyne if he is actually creating a lot of forward passes for the strikers to score one or two chances is definitely going to be converted i mean even if there is a striker like emil husky for example you know i'm just giving a very bad example even if you keep putting in good passes like say five or 10 in a game he would definitely convert one or two of them that's that's exactly what a striker would be doing at that point in time and like i said he's actually a fox in the box um he's he's not i wouldn't say he's as much like a wadi but he would actually go on to score a lot of goals most important goals only if you actually have the creativity i'm not saying like it's purely down to that but it also makes a difference in 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 a striker's ability and when you're trying to do the link up play and when you're trying to bring the ball from the back and then you know work it all the way up to the top and try and score like i said he's not doing at the moment which is what is happening with him he's still a good player i mean 
Arsenal fans are very quick to um, name and shame any player who's not been, you know, um, getting better in this team. But if you if you no, look at all the all that it takes for our fans to badmouth the player is two bad games, and then he's like the worst player ever. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and if if once they go back to any other team or anything like that, um, they 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 become better. It's not like they have suddenly become better. It's like they've been doing the same, just that the system here is not actually supporting them to their fullest potential. Mkhitaryan scored and had to go the weekend, you know, it, um, uh, for Roma. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. that. I mean, and he was actually abused every game that he started here. Uh, but, 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 Bob, my my question over here is: it's not that Lacazette's not getting any chances. If you consider from 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 memory this season. He scored in the first three, which should have built his confidence. The first point, uh, which you mentioned that he's a confidence player. He scored continuously in the first three games, which should have increased his confidence, which didn't happen. And then he got he, every game he misses a chance, at least one big chance. This game, the header. The last game, there was this. Uh, there was the chance, and the Liverpool game, the clear cut chance. He's missing a lot of big chances. That is the concern for me. Correct. Uh, agreed. Completely agree. There is no reason um, as to why he is actually missing those. He should have been, as a striker, he should have been more prolific in converting every one of them, or at least two of three chances. Uh, but, but if you look at the whole picture, that those are the only chances that he ever got in the team. You know, in the game, he didn't. He didn't have any much more chances for him to try and, you know, correct that. If you look at that, that, that makes it even more imperative that he takes those chances, Bob. Because, like we mentioned right at the beginning, we are a team that is setting up not to lose, creating one or two chances, and 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 hoping that you know one of those convert. And when those one or two chances fall to him, uh, and he's not able to convert, that is hurting the the, the game, not just the team, the entire yeah, game. Yeah, but 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 to pin the loss on him. No, um, I'm not pinning the loss on him. I'm not pinning the loss. Yeah. Him. Um, it's it's actually a bit bit bad, you know. So I mean, I agree he's actually missing out chances, but but you have to try and improve the whole structure to make the whole attack better, you know. Rather than rather than blaming someone, you know, be it Oba. People say, you know, right since he actually signed Oba signed the contract extension, he has not scored a goal from open play, blah blah blah. But what are the chances the team is actually creating? If there is no creativity, it gets reflected in the the front three not being able to score more. I mean, if you look at in the contrasting things, our level of opposition is much lower in the Europa leagues, and that's why we are able to you know score a lot of goals against weaker opposition. Even with that, we've been conceding as well. But but that's actually a different story. But we have too much creativity against a set of players much lower at our level, and we've been able to you know penetrate through their uh, defense to score a lot of goals against them that's not possible with the premier league because you know every every team is strengthened up every team has got very good players and it's very hard to score one or two chances yes um, it's it's proving very costlier when they are actually missing out especially with like i said um, against aston villa and or against leicester but but if you look at the overall side of things, you know, we've not been doing anything much in the creative side of things to make things any better. No, I brought up this question because there has been uh, talks from uh, David Ornstein that Roma had tabled an offer for Lacazette during the window close and we rejected it. And we know that Lacazette is in his, uh, in his, uh, like in his contractual position. We have to extend him right now. Or he goes into the last year of contract next year. So yeah. So th this comes to a question. Him, yeah. If if we had told him there is no one, no one available, um, or at least that we know of, um, inside to replace him at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So if that offer was actually coming towards the end of the window, in an already cur curtailed window with with really less players available in the market and then less cash flow in the market, there was not much chance that we could take up with someone who is probably not as good as, um, as like I said, 
in a league that he has been established himself you know not in the best of forms but at least established in a decent way for the last two seasons that would have been the rational in not even entertaining that offer no my question is if an offer comes in january and we have we have a player lined up do you think we have to sell lacazette or do you think we have a player at hand whom we could use with with the mistakes that we've done in the past with the transfers it would make perfect sense for us to sell him out yeah because there is no room for sentiment at the moment all that we are looking for is cash for whatever that we have paid or recover as much as possible but only if we have a very proper uh, replacement lined up hmm. we can't we can't choose to uh, say you know uh, nikitia is there is going to be your savior is going to score 10 plus goals not going to happen yeah not but 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 could we could we consider because we are forgetting martinelli coming back so martinelli could... is again coming back after an injury for a year Yeah, there is one, there is no way that you can be sure he's going to be banging goals right from the beginning you know and he's a kid he's 18 years old his body doesn't react the same way that it reacts for like a guy like Aubameyang even Laka so i wouldn't put my money on martinelli just yet and go into the season with him uh, it it's it's not like you know he's an established player he just had one season after all uh, so i would definitely not go in uh, and like yeah i agree with uh, bob if if an offer does come you know like it would be um sensible to actually cash in on like as that while we can uh, but the thing is in the current market we are never going to recoup the money that we actually paid for him you know like if we're able to recoup maybe 25 to 30 million that would be considered a win but for the 30 million we will not be able to get anyone because we would also lead us with uh, leave us with uh, deficiency deficiency in another position where we have already stacked up so you're pretty much selling one player trying to get two players and that that's not going to happen you know so it would have been a completely different scenario had we not got billion and had ozil left you know that would have been a completely different scenario leaving us like enough funds to get someone else but now that that's not happening even if we do sell him like who do we get as a replacement like eddie like bob said has not impressed us enough or has not shown any glimpses to actually make us believe or even the manager believe that he's going to be the striker who is going to get like you know like bob said a minute a target of 10 goals i think i'll also stick on to that i don't think he's there yet you know like scoring 10 goals in a season is not easy even if there's a cross competition uh, getting a goal is difficult so i do not see him as being that striker who could in case oba gets injured is he the one who could like lead us for 10 games no i don't see him doing that so he's got still a ways to go so in that in that situation i think I think yeah we're better off like having what we have and maybe trying for someone else that we could go for in the winter. Mm. Yeah it's interesting. Uh, thing, yeah I I wanted to talk about this at the beginning Lacazette not scoring goals yeah it's it's the number of chances that we create the limited number of chances that we create and that's like causing it. But also like we have to remember the fact that like you know the lack of creative players means that he's the one who's dropping the down back the most to get the ball. So you don't really find him inside the box a lot or even like near the near the d he's most of the time in between like you know the 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 halfway line and 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 the box so it's kind of like he's he's the one connecting the middle third to the final third that's the role that he's performing and even when the the, sh- the chance that he missed he had to come running back so it was not like you know he was waiting for the cross he just did have to come running back uh, and and this is is in turn like affecting his um ability not the ability to score but like you know the the, the frequency with which he scores because he's not in the box as often same thing with alba as well the, the reason that he's not been able to score a lot of goals is directly proportional to the the amount of time that he actually spends in the box how often do you see him going into the box you know his touches inside the box are very low so when that happens it's also a direct consequence on your goals so i i believe that's what's happening right now and ideally i don't know if if this system is is without the creative player is going to suit all of the players that we have it's like we are trying to fit everyone in here without having that in, in, in important piece which is the creator you know so everything does it, it seems like without that cog things don't function properly my question if, if my, are, my, yeah I'll, i'll i'll just set a very realistic target okay so if we are actually if we are hanging around in the top 6 towards the towards the end of december then it means that we have absolutely made a 
tremendous progress in terms of the way where we are at the moment mm. um, yeah yeah i agree a lot of things <laughs> yeah i like that like, like i've always been saying this if 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 we are within touching distance of like you know top 4 top 6 or top 5 by december then we we should i really get someone in or like you know change something in there i think that would also like give the the, the board Uh, and and the hierarchy the confidence that like you know atleta can take us there because given the the team that we have um, if we are being able to get to that position then it should, it should show that like you know with one more player we can actually do a lot more so hopefully like someone like sarvaz alai even that would be good no my question with with the current crop of players is uh, the front three are all aged north of 30 should we continue building our team around these players is is my concern right because why it's i brought in because why am I, why i brought in uh, say lack uh, ad and uh, martinelli into the discussion is those are players whom we could build around those are not going to give us 10 goals those are not going to give us like uh, 20 goals a season no but but we could build a team around the youngsters rather than building it around like willian who is 32 obamyang who is 32 we gave a, we, looking back now i feel that that the the extension that we gave oba is it the right choice the 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 deal that we signed with willian is it a right choice they are all north of 30 and we can see that they are slow when when arun mentioned that lacazette is between the between our half line and uh, their goal is that because he's is is not able to move fast is is that a is that a factor with the age that is causing this concern if it was a faster player a younger player would they would have linked and run back would that happen is this age a concern team, this team requires i mean i've i've said it time and again this team requires wholesale changes right from top to bottom which requires more than one window two windows three windows four windows um to to you know completely get ready um it's actually a slow transition process and we can't let go of players who are actually performing well um were so far to you know you can't let them go at any cost we have to hold them and um, that was the only reason as to why oba was actually offered an extension which in my idea in or in my opinion is the right thing to do um you definitely need players of such quality to be there at the top um age is just a number you know age will definitely be i mean it will just simply look silly when you have some sort of a creativity around i keep circling around the same point because um you can't expect anyone i mean even a player of aguero's quality or even sala or mane to you know create all these chances and score all of them without having any creativity in the midfield it feels although you know i mean it, it feels as if like you know there's a big hole in the midfield which 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 is there for someone to come in and fill and without that um to be honest sebeos is not actually creating as much as what he should or the other midfielders like you know lna for example or even parte or anyone they are not they've not been parte has not actually come in and establish himself so far he's he's had some decent games you know uh, but but he still needs to have a run of games um end of the season would be a good point uh, to judge him but that would still not be fair because he has come towards the tail of the end of the transfer window so you would obviously need a season or more to you know completely get it get set into the team now um for villian um i think the only reason as to why arteta is speaking up is with the experience that he has had he's been a regular feature uh, you know in the champions league and he has actually won a lot of trophies for chelsea that's the reason as to why he's probably getting the nod ahead of pepe um and every time when pepe comes on i feel like he just comes around trying to do his usual dance around with the dribbles and all those sort of things in hoping to cut in and then you know score which every every defender is now aware about and they they have been stopping him right on his tracks 
So I don't really see any reason as to why Pepe should start ahead of Villain until or unless he actually performs better in the training or he actually shows different aspects of the game which he's not working on so far. So, yeah, age will make you look like, you know, you're actually picking a very older team, but they are the best that we have at the moment. Arun, I want you to come in for the Pepe Villian discussion because uh, uh, Bob just mentioned that uh, he, he has not merited anything. Uh, I, I don't feel that way. I feel that Pepe merits much ahead of Villian just because of how he has done. And even end of last season, Pepe was actually our second best uh, player apart from Aubameyang. And I feel that once he has a run of games, he is better. He he does frustrate us a lot, but he also creates pure uh, magical moments, which no one else in our squad could do. Um, yeah, go on about like Pepe and William. Yeah, so 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 I'll actually like uh, try and start with the first point that you mentioned about age and like you know uh, if if we really did a wrong thing by giving Alba the contract extension. For me, uh, the Alba contract extension is one of the most significant and important things that we've done in recent history. Uh, if you remember, there was a lot of, uh, you know, like expectations on Fefe when, when, when Ozil was signed, you know. After that, we've not had a, a, that sort of a signing. Those Sanchez came in, it was never like that sort of a signing, you know, like that shows that, okay, these guys can do something. Arsenal are a club that have to be taken seriously. Uh, and that's what we did with an extension. Um, retaining players actually is a huge part in showing um, the rest of the world, not just the clubs, the fans, but also other players who want to come and play for your club. You, when you retain players, you show them that you have that might, you have that possibility of you know retaining the top players, not letting them go. So you, uh, right then and there, you give uh, the, the perception that you're no longer a sell selling club. You know, you're no longer a club that is going to be a feeder for better clubs. But you are actually retaining players for you to build a system, something that you can look forward to the future for. And now this, ideally, when you think about it, anyone would uh, like to definitely play more with guys like, like I said, Novomayang than like with Eddie or like, you know, Nelson and players like that. So having those guys, you spoke about Martinelli, but would we be, like, where would we be if we hadn't like given the contract extension to Alba? We probably would have, like, you know, gotten another player, probably sold him, probably got a creator. But that would leave us with an extremely thin front line where we'll have a misfiring Lacazette and probably one of the young kids to uh, partner him on either side, you know. So, in, in that situation and, and, and all that we have, retaining these players and keeping them at least for this first season of Arteta, where he's trying to establish his identity, stamp his authority, is very important. As for age affecting their performance, I think that would hold good for someone like William, but I don't see that affecting a guy like Aubameyang as much because the way in which he plays, the way in which you see his bone structure, the way in which he runs for balls, that doesn't seem to have diminished at all. The, the only thing where I see there's a difference, which is probably like causing a lack of returns is, like I said earlier, his, 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 uh, the number of minutes that he spends inside the box. That's probably the reason. Uh, William, maybe yeah, I would agree. I don't know why we got the, got him. Uh, if he was supposed to be our creator, he's not playing number 10. He's not playing number 8. He's not helping us in the middle of the pitch. He's definitely not helping us on the flanks. You know, so uh, maybe that could be... I'll continue on from William here. Now, uh, the lack of a creator player, William was supposed to be that gap, supposed to have that experience, like Bob said. He was definitely a different player when he was playing for Chelsea and, and we would have ideally expected him to continue on here, you know. But what's really happening is that he's pretty much being a non-entity. It's like we're playing with 10 players most of the time. Um, the, the channels that we have, the gaps that we have in the box, which could be more utilized by a player like Pepe are going waste because of the fact that William is, you know, like if you notice him, he always hugs on to the flanks. He's playing more like a, a traditional winger, not an inverted winger, you know. When you play like a traditional winger uh, and you create the width, it is making a guy like Baron come more in to create the chances. Baron, who would, okay, a simple question, whom would you put your money on to create chances? Is it Baron or William? Yeah, I mean, obviously William. We want William to yeah, be. Yeah, in an ideal world, it has to be William. 
in an ideal world has to be William. And right now what we're doing is we're having Baron create those chances and William is just talking, you know, hugging the touchline. He's not doing pretty much anything. For me, this is, is very defensive. It is like, okay, let's let's protect that flank and have Baron come in. Whereas Baron is more of a defender. You would ideally want him to defend and not like create. So um, in this situation, I think Pepe, the presence of Pepe make, would make a huge difference because he's naturally a guy who cuts in. Uh, when you when you think about the positions that he played at Lille, he was always the furthest higher up on the pitch, which meant that like he just needs the ball. He, you don't want him to create, you want him to finish. Uh, Baron would still be creating if you think about it, but he's going to be the one doing the defense with work. You know, like you don't have, you should be having Pepe cutting in more, coming in, have Baron do the defensive work and, and send crosses from the right. When William is there, nothing's happening from that side. If you think about it, it's only Baron who's coming in again and again. You want your most um, prolific finisher, your, your predatory finisher, which is Nico. We don't have another direct player on the team. If you think about it, he's the most direct player. He's the one who takes people on. So you would want him to get as much into the box as possible. He's hardly getting into the box when he plays, you know. So if you tell me that Nico's not performing because um, look, he's not good enough. I would definitely tend to disagree. He's not performing because of the role that he's being given in this team. Swap the roles, change it, take William out of the team. The team would look so much better now. Actually, did you guys notice? Uh, did you guys notice that this is a game where we conceded three goals and we have not talked anything about the defense. We have all talked about the attack. We have not talked anything about the defense, even though we have conceded three goals. I think I think um, I mentioned very briefly that. You, may have been just a blip, you know, mm -hmm. because I wouldn't really read too much into the defensive mysteries. Just yeah, yet because, because... because the thing is, we didn't, none of the goals we conceded were actually big defensive errors. Of course, yeah, there were it's, things it's not that... not like you can blame any one particular person for any of the goals that we conceded. You yeah, know? So yeah. It's, it's like you, we usually have the obvious clowns, the obvious people mm -hmm. that we can target, like, you know, toughies and losers who keep making mistakes. But this was not like, you know, there was a mistake by one particular player that led to any goal. It was just like the positioning and the collective failure sort of, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but, but I just wanted to uh, bring uh, this discussion to another point where we have been talking about lack of creativity, but how good was Jack Grealish in that game? I know we shouldn't be talking about opposition players, but I felt that he is someone that, that could fit right into our team. Bob, so go ahead. We, we spoke about the contract extension of Aubameyang and what, um, what sort of a big factor it is for us. Um, obviously, when you look at from an Arsenal perspective of things, you know, it was actually a game changer. The team's morale um, definitely has got lifted up with that. You know, the whole club outlook has actually changed with us extending Oba's contract. And if you compare uh, Grealish contract extension um, in contrast to that, it's actually much, much, much bigger than what uh, uh, what the importance of um, Aubameyang, um, you know, at Arsenal. So Grealish is everything, whatever that um, Aston Villa are. You know, he's actually a homegrown. He's a local boy. You know, he's been there with them right since his anger teens or anger age even earlier. So yeah, no it makes absolute sense for them to extend the contract. And I'm glad that he actually stuck to them rather than jump the ship and then, you know, join a bigger team. Where you Even Arsenal? Even Arsenal? Um, it's very hard to get him now. Uh, let's be realistic. Um, he's, now, he's now actually gone from strength to strength. He's actually established even more. His command is better. He's got better players around him. Um, um, a team who they can definitely try and work on with uh, with uh, Barkley and other players coming in. Um, Barkley and, is saying, and you're forgetting the most important point: his English. Yeah, his English. Yes, he has scored yeah. five, um, four goals and five assists this season. Four oh, goals yeah. and uh, five assists. That's go, um, and, and to think that I dropped him out of my FPL draft team in the very first week. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking myself now. <laughs> So, yeah, no, uh, all, all, all praises to Villa actually for, um, for trying to, um, you know, I mean, for pursuing to extend his contract. 
that paved way for all the new signings as well once that happened it triggered a lot of uh, things around with uh, they signing matty cash and then you know ollie watkins um barkley as well coming in as as we mentioned so the team set up uh, hats off hats off to the villa staff you know and dean smith um definitely in trying to get the best out of what they have um and uh, on their day like like what happened at arsenal um on the day they are they are actually proving really good they are they are no pushovers okay so let's let's come back to arsenal uh, where do you see us going from here around after the internationals break uh, what do you want arteta to 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 do uh, do you want him to continue with this uh, kind of a defensive uh, structure first formation movement or do you want him to like unlock players just let them express what what they want to do uh where do you see this going he's in a very difficult he's in a very difficult position now uh, isn't he like he cannot it he doesn't have a creator to continue the same system that he's trying to continue uh, but if he changes the process if he changes the system it is going to lead to even more confusion because you've had like you know half of last season beginning of this season you've been trying to imprint something uh, onto your team and when you see that things are not going well and you change it 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 creates confusion in the team it it puts like the players it reduces the, the level of confidence that players actually have on the manager so he cannot uh, go and make wholesale changes for this team or the formation of the setup that we're playing right now um playing out from the back as a philosophy that he's been talking about and everything that we've been doing is about like a slow build up play um taking players out of position and and, and like you know threading the ball in but that final threading the ball is in is not happening yet so uh, if you ask me the changes that i would like him to make is go to a back four uh play kirantini and beren um have a midfield three that is not flat uh, you know like something needs to be happening there you know something needs to be happening there if 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 willick is the person who is going to be like generating the chances i don't see any reason why he shouldn't be playing you know uh, it's, it's it's like sabayos is not someone who is going to deliver the final through ball for you yeah he did it for liverpool uh, like as it against liverpool but how often do you see him like doing it near the box uh, you hardly ever see him doing that so uh, someone who can create or at least like you know run into the, make those runs into the boxes um, and i would want probably sarkar to start on the left laka uh, you know like i said getting a rest abameyang in the in the middle because you want your goal scorer to score goals we spoke about it before but the goals aren't just coming you know the goals are not coming when you have like this sort of a formation it gives more opportunity for oba he he doesn't have to hold the ball up so your build up would be in the midfield not involving your striker and your striker where you your again your your creation would come from the wingers that's where i want saka and a bit of pepe on the right you know so this would be the change that i would like to see mhm uh bob what what about you do you see arteta making some changes do you want something to change or do you want to like continue the process i think i think it's it's important that um arteta would definitely be making changes if he is not getting the wake up call after the aston villa defeat then then i would rather question his intention so i definitely think there would be a reaction from the manager he would try and tinker around his formation like what arun said um um i would prefer to have a back four as well which much more um change uh change things in terms of the midfield i would my idea would be that it there would be i mean it would be better if in case we sort of have a rather than the double pivot sort of a thing that we are doing at the moment um i would like more of a a diamond midfield where one player sits very deep like pate and then you have some sort of um wingers um, come you know you know who occupy the side positions and then someone who's really creative at the top um, um as a hole behind the striker with with two up front um this is the sort of formation which i have you know it roughly translates to 442 but not really 442 it can be fluid enough to actually interchange as and when it's required uh, but yes i would definitely uh, look for some changes at least or some reactions at least from the manager 
and what i'm hoping uh, would happen like just what like arun mentioned um if we want to unlock pepe for example you need to give him more game time you know you can't obviously ask him to come on at 60 minutes for every game and then you know try and make a difference obviously he's got very little there time to try and he would obviously try the things that he is more comfortable with so um why not you know i mean we don't have much expectations at least you know in terms of the board or the fans um forget about the deluded fans okay now i'm not going to talk about that uh, realistic fans know that this team is a work in progress why not give it a try with the players that you have you know at least make a difference um i'm not i'm not overly confident on vilak but yeah with with always been at least putting up the performances in the europa league games why not give him a try you know in one or two games maybe he could actually click um and that could actually pave a different um dimension than what we are actually doing and trying at the moment so there is whole lot of things to do and try um and and i think his biggest um his biggest challenge would be to keep this team current cup of players motivated and then you know getting results out of them until until we sign creativity up front that would be the biggest challenge for him um he needs to you know instill confidence in them after every game to make sure that you know they can still go on to win games um which would be the biggest challenge and if he succeeds to do that then he would just go be be going places uh, i hope that happens and uh, let's leave it at that uh, we we would have more uh, more episodes coming uh, before the international break is over uh, so we'll we'll take some of the other things to the next part uh, thank you guys thank you for uh, joining today and having this discussion uh, meet you next week and that is the end of the pod for more arsenal related content please like subscribe and share to the away corners podcast see you next week arsenal! Arsenal!